Hi, Wes. Good to be back with you for another episode of Coffee Pods. Yep, here we are. Here we go. And thank you guys for joining us again. We hope that you're enjoying this series and finding it helpful. Today, we are exploring together uh, bereavement and loss. And so this isn't necessarily just the death of someone that we know uh, or love, but it's looking at all life losses. So, Wes, can you give some examples of what that might be? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting when we talked about um, this with in in sort of, um, you know, training meetings and, and when we've been with people, it's really interesting. I remember one person coming up and saying, as soon as I asked the question, they said redundancy. And I said, explain. And they said, well, because I got to a certain age, the policy was that when you got to that age, you had to leave. But I didn't want to leave and, and I wasn't ready to leave, but I was made to leave. And and then you know, so so they'll cite things like um, like redundancy, you know, and and losing your job, but also um, some life losses of uh, relationships that get broken, that that have been with you for, a, and suddenly something happens and and do that. Um, plus loss of opportunities, you know, and, and I think the, the big disappointments in life that that come, and of course certainly through. Uh, the whole um, COVID and Omicron thing that people have gone through, you know, you're you're experiencing people's anguish and sorrow about the missed moments, the missed memories that that you know they 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 won't ever get back. Yeah. Because you know, a, a niece, a nephew um, got married, um, a mother, an aunt died. And, and 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 you know, it's that whole thing. So alongside just the, the big things. I mean, some of them are trivial, you know, you might, um, uh, you know, you might think, okay, I've lost a bit of hair and whatever, but then, you know, some people, it's more serious that they've lost their health, uh, their mobility. And one person said, um, my independence. Oh, wow. You know, that I used to be able to decide when I went out to the shops, I can't do that anymore. I'm dependent on others. So there's a whole range of, of of the bereavement and the grief of people and of of relationships, but also then of the life losses, the things that, in a sense, you know, you can never um, get back, and, and people mm-hmm. grieve over those. Funnily enough, strange one. Um, people have talked about their pets. Yeah, and um, even um, people used to send condolence cards to Coronation Street when characters died. Really? Because they were emotionally connected to the person. Wow. And and, um, one of the sad ones, someone told me um, that they were, they had been somebody's mistress for a long time. And when the man died, nobody knew about her. Um, and she couldn't go to the funeral, mm. but she had lived the life. And, and because there's a whole lot of theology in that as well. <laughs> life losses, where you don't expect them. Yeah, I, I had a really unexpected one and I didn't realise it until I was more sort of late 20s. And I started to notice I was really grieving um, our family holidays when we were younger. Mm. And because we'd always go to the same place and then suddenly the house got sold and we could no longer go there. And I realised how emotionally attached I was to those memories and and the experiences. 
And it seems so trivial, but it's still a loss, isn't it, I suppose? Oh, huge. And and if people are, I mean, it's certainly, um, and, and things that we don't think are going to come like that, and they do. Mm. Um, I remember talking to one lady who'd had breast surgery and um, she was with some friends and stuff and they were, you know, really praying in Jesus' name that she discover the joy of, you know, and and, yeah. and, and, and stuff. And, and I remember it, so, it, it, you know, those meetings, it came round to my turn to pray. Everybody's expecting, well, you know, where's it going to pray now? I just said to her, I said, um, I will pray for you, but actually you're grieving. And grieving is a process. And there isn't a prayer that takes grieving away. But there is a God who walks with you through it. And, and actually it changed the way that she saw it. I remember the other people in the room looking at me thinking, smart Alec. You know? <laughs> but it was clear, all, all the physical signs as well as the emotional signs of grieving and sorrow were there. Yeah. So. And I'm glad you mentioned that because... Um, as we learn, as, as we go through this with people um, in, in ministry, there's not just one way of grieving. You know, we've each got our own way. Well, yeah, yeah. in fact, there is only our way of grieving. We, mm. we never grieve like other people do. Yeah. And, and, and actually, I just want to say to people, that's okay. That's the way it was supposed to be. It was your journey. It wasn't anybody else's journey. And I think that's where, you know, for some people – they they don't understand the other person's journey. Yeah. So they come out, you know, with some silly things, you know, time as a healer, you'll get over it, pull yourself together, you know, to which I would have say, push off. But you know <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and and that's that's really helpful actually, because something um with COVID and all the restrictions that were in place and the ways, you know, the way that we probably or may have grieved couldn't actually happen for a lot of people could it I mean funerals couldn't happen in the way that you probably envisioned them happening etc but we've seen especially in the media lately the actions of other people um being really quite disappointing um how do you think the actions of other people can affect our own grieving process it's been really interesting, isn't it? I mean, I heard a, um, an interview with Trevor Phillips, who was the previous sort of head of the Equality Commission, talking to um, a conservative politician. And I'm not making a political statement, but he, Trevor Phillips' own daughter died during COVID and they weren't able to be there with them because he was following the rules. And, and you could sense that all that's come out in the news lately had reignited the grieving but it also added to the ang the anguish and and yes i guess for some people the anger that has, has come out because of it and and you realize that that actually it, it had almost turned the heat up again on a grieving process because you know we're not only handling the loss we're handling our own emotions and and at times and, and as a pastor you know been in the ministry 40 years this year you know, I know that at times those who are grieving are handling the sort of the secondary emotions of other people as well. But when other people then have behaved in a way that almost trivializes the deep sorrow that you felt, that adds to our pain. And, and it can delay our grieving and it can, I was going to say complicate it, it can, it can then, you know, just make it more intense for us when actually we as a culture 
need to learn how to grieve properly. Absolutely. There's a really um, enlightening programme. Um, you may have heard of it called Afterlife right. uh, with, with Ricky Gervais. And it, I mean, <laughs> obscene language, all that stuff. But at the core of it, it's about him going through the grieving process of losing his wife um, to cancer. And he knows Absolutely. all the steps. He knows what it's meant to look like. And he finds it difficult, actually, to follow those different steps. And we've discussed this at um, our uh, events that we do, but it it's not a linear process. Um, no. is it? It's fluid. And then what's so wonderful now, it's got to the last season, um, he's able to live a happy life at this point. Um, and he's now finding an, a new connection with the person um, now that he can accept yeah. she has gone. And um, there was a beautiful poem, and I think it's quite famous. It says, do not stand at my grave and weep, it's called. I can't remember who. Um, yes, that's right. Yeah. It. yeah. And it's all about finding that person in the everyday, in the nature, in your relationships and things like that. And I found that a really hopeful poem to think about, that actually you can still connect with the things that we may be grieving over. Do you think? Do you think God is in that? Or are we trying to mystic something up to feel good? <laughs> no, in, in fact, actually, the, the the whole process you said is 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 a very fluid one. It changes, and and actually, people um, in the process of of grieving will um, will will sort of move forward and apparently find some solid ground, but then they'll suddenly shoot back to where mm. they were before, and then they'll try again and, and whatever. And actually, there are many times as we make attempts to find a, a forward motion you know it's, it's like two steps forward and one step back or sometimes yeah. it's actually one step forward and two steps back you know but I think that the interesting thing is that we are going through a process of 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 a, having been attached to something and someone and and at times deeply lovingly attached to them and then we suddenly get detached from them and actually, what the Ricky Gervais thing is, is that we eventually find a different way of reattaching to them. And so, for instance, in, in the grieving process, the person, in when it's bereavement, the person is never, ever forgotten. Yeah. They are always a part of your life. He, I, I've got a friend, and, and his wife died uh, tragically from cancer, and he remarried after a, a, a number of years and whatever, and the beautiful thing about his new wife is she can talk about his old wife with him because they both knew her. Because his wife that's died is not a daily part of, of their family and relationship, but they recognize that she still, you know, within them all exists. Yeah. And actually what we do is we find a new way of connecting and relating to that, that through memory and through story. And, and actually, in the end, as we move forward, we don't forget them. We just, life just gets bigger. Mm. And I think that's, that's the thing. The person doesn't get smaller. Life gets bigger mm. as we grow through that. I think deeper question is, is, I think God understands grieving. Yeah. Because there are a number of times when, um, uh, Genesis, God was grieved that he'd made mankind. Um, in, in 1 Samuel, 
uh, it says that Saul, God was grieved that he'd made Saul king. You know, and, and so actually not the, the sort of the regret that we think of in those terms, but actually it had, it had sort of really wounded God's heart that there was something within that. And of course, there's famous line, shortest verse in the Bible, John 11, Jesus wept. Why? You know, why did Jesus weep? And, and theologians have argued about that for a long time. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, the question really is, um, in fact, it's my wife who's teaching on it. And she said, you know, Jesus knew that he'd raised Lazarus from the dead. So he wasn't crying for Lazarus. Yes, the emotions of Martha and Mary. Yeah. But she said, how about the fact that Jesus was weeping because life was never supposed to end like this? Wow. That in God's created order, it was supposed to be an eternity. Yeah. Not like this. Yeah. And that made me reflect on it. And, and I, But I, you know, theologically, Lisa, how about this? That because the resurrection of Jesus was bodily, was physical, mm-hmm. there is the experience of humanity in the Trinity. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So Jesus didn't lose that understanding that's why it says that we we don't have a high priest who can't you know understand us why yeah. because he knows what that's like and and that yeah. got carried back into the understanding of the trinity and that's amazing and actually just for saying that there are you know about 700 years ago we would have been burned at the stake for heresy <laughs> but actually yeah. that is true there is the understanding of humanity in the trinity and part of that is the grieving too yeah, that's very encouraging and, and comforting, actually. Um, so on a more practical level, um, what can we do either as ministers or people in the grieving process? Like when this happens, what can we do? I think we as the church, we are embarrassed and uncomfortable about any excessive emotion. Yeah. If somebody starts crying in a service, you know, somebody rushes up with a box of tissues and and what and, you know, yeah, very helpful. But actually, what we want this to stop. OK, mm. somebody gets excited. We want it to stop. Somebody is, you know, over lavish in their worship. We want it to stop. Why? Because we are uncomfortable with an excess of emotion. And actually, one of the things we've said in Acorn is Acorn needs to be a safe place where people can come and just let it out. The joy, okay. the sorrow, the pain, the whatever. That's OK. And actually, I just want to say to people, you know, it's okay to feel a sense of loss. It's part of being human. It's okay to do that. And it's okay to feel. And it's okay to express that as well. Yeah, there are, there are seasons. And I understand that. But I, it seems to me in the church in this country, we're not in danger of being excessive. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we could probably be a little bit more uh, about that. Yeah. I, I, I would say to people, don't ignore the pain. You know, I know that we'd like to get it to stop and whatever, but actually, if we understand that grieving is a process that actually God l- left with us so that we could journey from the pain rather than avoid it, but also, in a sense, don't medicate it. And I'm not talking about don't take medication that you need to help me through a moment, right? But you know what Christians do? We medicate by activity and busyness and we we get distracted by the things. If I do this, if I do that. And, yeah, there are some medications that, you know, you probably ought not to take, (laughs) you know, self-administered. But actually, don't don't avoid the pain. 
Mm. Pay attention to it. It's it's telling you something. Should I tell you what pain when you lose somebody? One of the things, yes, it's about the loss and how is life going to be now? But you know what the pain really says? It says you miss this person and they were deeply loved and they were really part of your life. And, and there is a gaping hole in you because that's what they meant to you. And that's how they, they filled it with themselves. And that's good to remember because all life is precious. Mm. So I think, you know, I think understanding that it's not all going to be sorted in just one moment. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know some Christians who prayed for others say, oh, God, you know, please fix this right now. And the answer is no, he won't because mm-hmm. he's too smart to do that. He knows it's like a funeral service. You, as somebody who has led funeral services, you know that people need the process. They need the journey in order to carry on living. So don't I rob think, them. Yeah, I think that's also true because um, if you have things like anniversaries, there's smells, there's places that will <sighs> remind you of these things or, or these loved ones. And to hide that or to not acknowledge those moments could actually probably be more damaging than going through the process of having a really rough day which Mm. might have been a birthday for example um it it is going to take time yeah yeah it is i mean in um there's some research by psychologists in america and uh, in cases of extreme grief i mean overwhelming critical Mm to the edge that people will actually wear the clothes of the person just oh, to, nice. just to have that identity and that closeness and that smell, you know, a cardigan, a pillow, yeah, you, you know, all of that. And, and so part of it is, yeah, there's a journey to take. Absolutely. Mm. Um, and it's going to take time. And I think as the church, we need to say that, yeah, it's okay to take time. You don't have to rush this. Mm. When my mum died, my dad wasn't able to to do uh, to move her clothes out he just couldn't do it you know he he knew it needed doing but he just couldn't do it and in the end my sister went and and did it and it's not that he you know it's not that they weren't meaningful to him it's because they were meaningful absolutely but you know and and so understanding those seasons and I think also you know I would just say to people you don't need to have all the answers you know that that's the rational part of your brain working but the emotional part of your brain needs something else and that's the the comfort and the, the presence of god over time and and yet yeah, expressed through friends as well you know so and you mentioned birthdays and stuff you know it's i know it's folks who will still gather on the birthday of the yeah. person and just say yeah let's raise a glass or a cup of tea or whatever to them and just remember the good stories you know absolutely we we did that for my granddad in november because it it would have been his birthday and then the the november before we couldn't do anything because of covid yeah Um, so we thought well let's do what we were going to do if he you know if we would have had the chance and it was such a lovely time and actually you could see for my grandma it was a really healing time for her to be able to do that and to remember him in a lovely way so yeah I, i think being able to come to a point where you talk about the the good things um and find joy in that i think that's really special yeah no you're you're absolutely right mm. because it helps us to believe that out of the old god can bring something new absolutely and life life will go on but i just say to people you don't have to rush it <laughs> you know yeah it's a journey 
and and the the most healthy grieving I've seen has been where, as a church, we just supported people through their own grieving process, mm. and it wasn't like you got to fix this now. Please, can you move on? Mm. It's just saying, hey, we can walk as slow as you need. I like that. That's a that's a really lovely phrase to end on. Actually, we can walk as slow as you need. So we're yeah. such a fast paced culture, aren't we? So we are indeed. That's wonderful. Um, great. So should we pray? Yeah, let's do that. Thanks, Lord. You know us, Lord. You know even listening right now to this podcast, Lord. You know what we think. And Lord, for those for whom this conversation has just raised uh, memories and some, perhaps some sorrows as well. Lord, I just thank you that you come yet again and take us by the hand and say, I'll walk as slow as you need. Lord, let your heavenly peace descend upon us and our journeys. Lord, may the memories be sweet. And Father, may we hold our sorrows in your hands together. That's your blessing, Lord, that smile of heaven. May the Lord smile on you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Wes. And we will be running um, a, a, a half day event on this later in the year. If it's something you do need to sort of journey with a little bit further with some some support and ministry from our team. Um, and also, as usual, if you do like what you're listening to, any of our free resources, you can support us by simply buying us a cup of coffee and all the information's on our website. So we look forward to catching you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>